Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about shifts in consciousness, what that means, and how it never leaves us. But before we get into all that, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being and all that that entails, you can do that at theinfinitesparkofbeing.com, where you can find links to both of the books, as well as t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, art prints. Uh, There's also a Patreon link that will allow you to pledge $1 or $5 a month to the Infinite Spark of Being. So here we are, shifts in consciousness. Let's get started. So to start, um, let's look at the word consciousness. Um, Consciousness means the state of being awake and aware of one's surroundings. So a shift in consciousness really means that um, where something was once overlooked, um, it's now taken into consideration. We are aware of something. For instance, I know I've said this before, but if I rock back and forth in my chair and then I bump into the wall behind me, I will then change the way I rock back and forth in my chair because now I'm aware of the presence of the wall. The wall is now a factor that I will take into consideration when it comes to rocking back and forth in my chair. That is a shift in consciousness. metacognition, thinking about thinking, is a shift in consciousness as well. Uh, We are now aware of the happening of the mind. We are now thinking about our thoughts. For many, there is no awareness of the mind. They simply believe that they are the ones thinking. Um, You could say that anytime we learn something new uh, and take that into consideration when looking at the world, that is also a shift in consciousness. So, and that's really how um, spiritual practice shifts our consciousness. When we're persistent with a sadhana or a mantra, it works on our perception. When we read holy books, it creates a philosophical shift or change in our perception of things. Um, We begin to perceive or see ourselves and the world differently. Our perception changes. Therefore, our consciousness has shifted. We are aware of something else. Something has been added to our perception. And in case you forgot what perception means, it means um, a way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something. So we see that spiritual practice certainly changes the way in which we uh, regard ourselves and others. It gives us a different interpretation of the events of life, and it most definitely adds to our understanding. And it does this by making us consciously aware of certain philosophical or spiritual points of view, and in doing that, shifts our consciousness. Um, But what's really needed uh, to really experience this shift is integration. We have got to integrate these things into our subconscious. Uh, This way we can begin to live in that consciousness. 
Remember, um, consciousness is a cognitive faculty of the mind and a way, uh, you know, we view the world through the mind, right? Remember. So when we experience the world, we essentially experience our subconscious mind. This is how we as the soul are interfacing with this three-dimensional reality. When we change the mind, we change the subtle body. And when we do that, we change the karmic predicament. So a shift in consciousness can mean a change in our karmic predicament. This all shifts our experience and it changes the way we experience the world. So if we don't integrate these things and make them part of how the subconscious mind perceives the world around us, then we're just collecting experiences. We're like tourists. We, uh, we're, we're spiritual tourists and nobody wants to be a tourist. We want to be locals, spiritual locals, right? <laughs> um, we want to live there, not just visit. You know, as a tourist, you won't change the mind. You won't have a stake in it. However, a local has a stake in things. Um, and if you live in a vacation destination like I do, this analogy hits home. Um, personally, I've known a lot of these spiritual tourists. Uh, they collect experiences. They just want to feel better. They're not concerned with doing the work that's required to integrate the experiences. And to be fair, some of them don't know that that's part of the process because they haven't had a qualified teacher. They expect to, you know, eat a bunch of mushrooms, meditate for 10 days in silence, do asanas, and then everything will change for them, right? They'll be nicer and the world will change. Um, and they do that. They assume that instead of integrating these lessons, if they can even hear the lesson in the first place. They treat these things at times, sometimes, in my opinion, like charging stations. You know, they plug in, get juice, go back out into the world, let their battery run low again, decide the world is shit, everyone's an asshole, and that they need to go back and get more juice. Um, they do this instead of working to change the way the mind is processing stimuli the world or the stuff of this birth. Now, this isn't to say that doing these things, having these experiences isn't good, okay? Uh, or or maybe needed, but um, some people need these wild experiences to get past their own shit. I understand that. But what they really do, what these experiences really, really do is that they show us what's possible, right? So, you know, go have experiences, but if they aren't integrated, if they aren't taking hold in the mind and becoming part of the way the mind perceives the world, then what is it? You know, what's being done? You have a unity consciousness experience and then you just motherfuck everybody that doesn't believe the th same things as you politically, spiritually, whatever. Um, and what it is, is it starts to look like a collection, right? A collection of experiences. This is why I refer to it as spiritual tourism. It's taking photos and keeping souvenirs. So on that note, a question I've gotten recently, well, often, but recently it was worded this way and I wanted to address it the way this is worded specifically. What is your practice that has accelerated your spiritual growth? Um, so I see a growth, um, or growth, not a growth, but I see growth as a shift in consciousness. Um, to become consciously aware of something that maybe we weren't aware of before is growth. 
or to perceive something in a way that we previously had not. Um, A shift in perception, the addition of information is a shift in consciousness. Um, Man, I, uh, I don't really like getting into the details about experiences because I feel like People begin to look to recreate others' experiences for themselves, or uh, they have thoughts like, oh, I'm not having experiences like the ones I read about, so I must be doing something wrong, when in fact, uh, things might be happening, but they're so fixated on experiencing one specific thing, or they are focused uh, and grasping at what they believe they should be feeling, they miss all of the shifting that is happening. Um, Sometimes the change or shift is gradual, you know, so, you know, relax. But um, I I did write about these experiences um, and I had planned on putting them in the new book, um, Ocean. However, it was a bit out of context and it would have seemed like it was coming out of nowhere. So I'll probably either uh, release it separately or I'll do an episode where I just read it and then talk about it. about these quote unquote spiritual experiences. Um, I think it would be interesting to do an episode on it now uh, because a lot of these experiences happened a couple years ago. Um, I think that where I was consciously then, as opposed to where I'm at now, where I'm at now might be really interesting to look at. So, um, so without getting into too much of that detail, I did have a series of experiences um, continue to from time to time that finally uh, led me to thinking that I may need at this time, I thought I needed a CAT scan. Um, (laughs) It's a little funny, but when I brought it to the attention of of my uh, partner at the time, who was a nurse, she recommended that I see a teacher of hers. Um, So I did, and it turned out that, you know, I did need a CAT scan. I did not need a CAT scan, rather. Um, I just needed guidance and some context for my experiences. I had no guidance or context for them. Um, And this actually brought me closer to that teacher, which was really nice. Um, This teacher ended up, she ended up being a a really important person. Still is. But COVID seems to have isolated a lot of people. Um, Well, the practice or exercise that I was engaged in at the time uh, was basically breathwork or pranayama while engaging the mula bandha. On top of that, there was a lot of sitting practice. Um, I didn't have an intention or anything. I was just doing. You can't see this these practices as a sprint. You know, it's a marathon. Are you doing it for an experience? Or are you doing it for the overall growth of this birth? Right? And a lot of people kind of just want a hit. They want to hit now, and they're not really concerned with what it looks like in 10 or 20 years. Um, Also, the experiences weren't happening while I was engaged in the practices. Fun fact. Uh, A lot of people, you know, that's, that's something else that I see a lot of, right? People looking for experiences while they're engaged in practices. Well, spiritual practices, um, especially the physical ones, are meant to prime the nervous system to receive these. Um, For me, a lot of the experiences were happening while I was driving, sitting at my desk, just doing normal day-to-day shit. It was very strange. I don't believe that it was... 
I don't believe that it was due to the practices themselves, right? Um, were they a component? Sure. I believe it was a series of things outside of the physical practice uh, that I was working with at the time. Um, it was partly where my thinking was at at the time as well. My own mind, what my mind was even on. In fact, one time Lama Losan said to me, a sacred mind thinks of sacred things. And that's something very interesting that when you're engaged in these practices and you're doing them multiple times a day, like what's your mind look like? You know, are you still being a fucker on Twitter? You know, um, but anyway, long story short, it changed my consciousness. How uh, it it changed it by showing me or making me conscious of a world that exists outside of or alongside of our conscious awareness. Um, did this change my life? Maybe a little. I mean, I I don't know. Did it make my life better? Of course not. I still get sad, angry, depressed, uh, fixated. Fascinated, burned out, tired, fatigued, you name it, you know? In other words, I still have karma. Some of you are trying to get free of your karma and that's not, that's, worry about that when you're dead. Right now you have this whole birth. Um, and like, I still have karma. And, and why? Because I'm still a soul working through a samsaric birth. That's why I still have karma you're not going to get free of your karma. You learn to work with it. And again, karma isn't good or bad. It's the thing that makes karma good or bad is your own fucking judgment. Um, again, I think I mentioned this either last episode or before, like think of these events that you have such a problem with these horrible things. And just as a thought exercise, what if you removed your opinion and judgment from it? What's happening? It's, it's a, you know, a headspace you should play with. So um, we can be conscious of all this metaphysical and mystical stuff. That's great. But the real shift happens when we become conscious of the mind and how the mind influences the way we interact with the world and the way we interact with the metaphysical that we are now conscious of, right? Um And while we're here on this topic, when I say conscious of the metaphysical and mystic, I don't mean interacting with the metaphysical or the mystic. That can be a distraction from handling the karma. We can get lost in that shit real easily. In other words, I'm conscious of the fact that people fucking live in Oklahoma, but I don't know them, nor do I need to. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm sure they're great people. I'm just saying it's not a priority. I hope that makes sense. So uh, the practice that changed things was a practice that very much included discipline and consistency, something that most people lack. And they lack it because they enter into spiritual practice because they're desperate for change. And that desperation leads to desiring instant results. And I know some of you are looking for a quick fix because you are in a lot of pain. I get it, but yeah, that's, that's it. If you want lasting real change, that's the way. And I know I've mentioned persistent conscious effort before, but you know, you just, you trudge and you keep moving forward in the face of constant insults to the ego. You engage in each practice, you turn off the rational mind, you don't push and you don't pull at experiences. You're just there with the practice and just the practice, whatever it is. 
But if you're, you know, if you're doing it for an experience, you know, you might be shifting your consciousness the wrong way. If you're doing it for an experience, you are entering into a transactional relationship with the universe or Krishna or whatever, right? I'll do this practice if this makes my life better. But if it doesn't, fuck it. I'm going to go back to whatever the fuck I was doing. Um, but you use thought exercises and imagination to get there. That's why, especially in the Vajrayana lineages, lineages within Buddhism, visualization is vital. That's why in various occult practices, visualization is key. You have to begin to open the mind to new ideas of how the world is. And when you begin to do that, you begin to change or shift your consciousness. So uh, to try and wrap this up... <laughs> Consciousness is a cognitive faculty of the mind. The mind is the subtle body and the work of the soul, which is, you know, what we are. Uh, persistent, conscious, skillful effort will change the conscious mind. The conscious mind with its, um, as I mentioned a hundred times, its imagination of fantasy features, uh, it will allow us to begin to perceive our experiences differently, which will obviously open us up to possibility. Um, and this is all empty. It's completely empty. It is pure potentiality. However, we've filled it. Um, we've filled it with a description of the world and ourselves that others gave us. And another thing, <laughs> but feels a little bit like a tirade. Um, it's not about changing the consciousness of others so that they can uh, have our experiences. It's not be about becoming a fucking missionary. If they're supposed to be conscious of the same things as you and me, they'll find the path. They have the consciousness that they're supposed to at this point, right? That's how their birth is going. They're not here to live your life, okay? You're not a missionary. Uh, we only work with ourselves. If we want... Uh, you know, if we want to have, um, if they want what we have, right? Try how do I say this without sounding like a prick? If they want what we have, their karma will point them in that direction. And I'm not saying to like, I mean, look what I'm doing here right now, right? I'm literally just speaking into a microphone and some of you are hearing it and some of you aren't. And I'm not necessarily attached to it. I, I feel like this a lot with clients, right? Like I feel like I have a fistful of seeds and I'm just chucking seeds. One of these fucking things is about to sprout. It has to, right? Like <laughs> if you throw a, like a thousand seeds out there, like something's got to grow. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Because I mean, if nobody listened to this, would I keep doing it? Right? I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about. Anyway, so um, that's it for shifting consciousness. I hope this was helpful. Um, I hope that you found this beneficial. And as usual, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out. I'll always respond. You know this. And as I mentioned before, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the infinite spark of being in all of its facets, please do that at theinfinitesparkofbeing.com where there's a link to the Patreon page as well as a link to the books and other merch like shirts and tank tops, etc. 
Um, and as usual, don't forget, you can always reach out and talk to me. You know this, damn it. Uh, we're old friends. Don't, don't be worried about it. Mm-hmm.